It's good to be here. Even in this virtual way, it's good to be here. But you know, it's hard to not see your faces. Uh, for anyone who knows me for my seven years serving here, um, I'm a hugger. And so to be in this place and not be able to do that is a bit of a challenge. But still, even again in this virtual way, it's good to be here with you, to gather together. I'm going to read a letter that I wrote earlier. Oh, okay. Today we're taking a bit of a different turn from the usual CA students program. We're still going to talk about Jesus and how we believe the best thing any student, any person can do with their life is to take one more step toward complete commitment to him. But we're going to look at how we're taking that journey in a world, in a nation, that's broken. It's broken around something so simple and so natural as the God-given pigmentation of a person's skin and the perceived worth and dignity because of it. I think one of the last times that I was on the stage for any length of time was for a panel discussion on racial reconciliation. Back then, each person was sharing their story, whether they were from African descent, Asian descent, European descent, Latin descent. Now, we're back here today, not simply to share, but in response to a specific event that resulted in the preventable loss of the life of a person of color. For a tragic reason, that's why we're back here, to have, be having this discussion again. Because the focus is not how beautiful each one is, how the fingerprint of our creator can be seen in elements of each culture represented, in each face smiling in joy, or in the varying expressions of worship bubbling out from each soul. That's what would be preferable to this. But it's not what we're doing yet. Not yet. Instead, we're grieving the death of George Floyd specifically, and so many others generally. Americans who we've been taught from the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments of the Constitution are to be seen as innocent until proven guilty, and therefore not to be deprived of life, liberty, or property until after the due process of law. Matt Price, a pastor here at CA and a friend of mine who's from European descent, said this, let's be honest, this story is just one caught on video and one that ended in death, but how many more stories like this are out there, he said. And I think that's true. How many more stories of someone like me being denigrated, but perhaps just didn't end in death? The outrage over what happened to George Floyd, it's valid. There is a lot of pent-up emotion in people that is looking for a place to go. It is not a crime to be born darker than someone else, period, full stop. But to be looked at as if you're more dangerous, more wild, or more prone to commit a crime because you're colored more darkly, that feels like the truly criminal act. It's that perception that needs to change, among a list of other things. Those concepts have been ingrained in a lot of ways and really deeply. But thanks be to God that he's in the business of making all things new. He is in the business of changing stubborn hearts and stubborn heads. Amen. Then inspiring those changed people to change the world around them. And he is great at his job. Amen. It takes a willingness to do, which he can create, and a willingness to work hard for and keep at it, for which he can also continuously give the strength. So though we're here to cry out, mourn, remember, and process the very real pain we're feeling because an unarmed man was held captive and restrained to the point of death, I can't help but be reminded of another unarmed man who was innocent in every accusation, held and bound as he submitted to another's will, and cried out to his father and the world with his final breath declaring, it is finished. 
Lord Jesus, I pray that you would make those words you uttered then become true for us now when it comes to the violence and disparity between those you've made to look different and yet still all be in your image. Do this, I pray, and help us join you in living out your finished work here in the earth, I pray, until the kingdoms of this, of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, by the love of the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus, and the power and fellowship of the Holy Spirit, all in your name. Amen. Amen. Oh, okay, so this is hard, uh, but it's also good. I'm glad that we're here. I'm going to take a seat over here, and we're going to bring this to an entire panel of beautiful people. But I wanted to just get to share a little bit. I've just shared some there, but just what is it that I'm feeling? It's a question that people are asking me a lot. Um, how am I feeling? How, what, do you, what can we do? Like, these are the questions. It's, I didn't think I was going there, but we're already here. Um, it's, sometimes it's hard to even hear that question. Um, uh, I certainly have feelings surrounding all of this right now. Uh, honestly, a big one is sadness. Just yeah. sad that this is still what's happening. Yeah. Sad um, uh, from, from the death and loss of life, somebody who did not need to die. Um, so depression can set in from mm. that. And so just experiencing those feelings, making it difficult to do regular life stuff because it just feels heavy. Uh, I'm irked at different responses that come from, like for responses that are just genuine ignorance, meaning you don't know, you're unaware, then it's, it can be irritating and a little bit tiring to, to deal with that. But I, I understand, not every, we don't all know anything. I don't know everything, so I, I, I get that. Uh, what angers me is willful ignorance. So mm. that bothers me a mm. lot when people aren't willing to, to shift from something, even when it's, things have been made really clear. But in all of that, I still am hopeful. Uh, I'm hopeful because I know that we serve a God of all hope. Amen. Uh, I am hopeful because a discussion like is happening here tonight, that makes me hopeful that this conversation is happening here at church, uh, that it's happening the world over, like other countries even are grieving the loss that, that has happened, that's come up in big ways, small ways, protests, uh, things that have gotten out of hand in ways, and things that have just been an expression of raw emotion. And then the commandeering of that stuff makes me so mad when, when other people come and just create chaos in the midst of all of that, who have nothing to do or have no desire to actually mourn what's going on, but are just trying to cause problems, that makes me, that, uh, it gets me so mad because there's not, like, when you do that kind of thing, when the vandalism like that happens where there's no, it's just for a sake of creating some sort of chaos, I just see that and I feel like, oh, we're gonna get blamed for that. Mm. And that makes, oh. It makes me so mad yeah. to think because there's nothing what there's nothing that we can do in the midst of that. Mm. But I'm grateful that this conversation is happening, that people are asking questions, that they're willing to take a stop and look, um, to look at their own biases, to look at a system, not just individual people, because it's more than just individual people. Uh, otherwise, I don't think we would be seeing it the way that we're seeing it. So yeah, there's, there's stuff, there's more stuff in there that I thought was in there, and I'm sure more stuff is gonna come out too, but I, I just wanted to get a chance to kind of share my heart. 
Um, but uh, I, I'd love to hear what these lovely ladies have to say, and I'd also love my brother here to lead us in something from Scripture, too. So if you wouldn't mind, Jake. Hey, everybody, CS students, 678 family, love you so much. My name's Jake, and get to be one of the leaders here. And Christopher, I just want to say thank you for sharing with us. I want to say thank you to the Sarahs and to Stephanie for being here as well. Can't wait to hear from you guys. Christopher, I just want to say that I... Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry for what you're experiencing right now, and I'm grieved with you. I feel grieved right now as well, not only for the murder of these black brothers and sisters and how that represents so much more. It's not just these recent murders. And I grieve that our country is in this place still that you know, racism and some of these current events have just exposed how real racism still is. So I'm grieved with that. And yet in this moment, I feel thankful that I get to sit with my sisters in Christ and my brother in Christ, and I get to learn from them. We get to have a family conversation. And so we, wanted, we knew that we not just had to or should, or it would be good PR to have a conversation. We knew that we wanted to have a family conversation okay. tonight. Um, and talk about what's going on, talk about race, talk about racism, and talk about the kingdom of God and justice. And so listen, I just want to say, Jake, as a white man, as a white leader, um, as a pastor, I am so far from an expert in this conversation, family. I'm going to say things imperfectly tonight. I'm going to lead this conversation imperfectly tonight. And I'm asking advance for your grace for me. Um, I'm asking that as we dialogue together and as we share, that we would have grace for one another. So would this, would this conversation be truth with love? Um, that it wouldn't be a place to uh, be aggressive with one another, but to build up and to encourage one another. And uh, I, I, I could think of a lot of places in Scripture, honestly, kind of off the bat to, to talk, but I, I would love to just start to hear from from you guys right now, my sisters in Christ. So would you guys mind uh, just, Stephanie, maybe we could start with you. Could you just introduce yourself? Uh, would you mind saying how long you've been a part of Christian Assembly? And uh, also, would you tell us how you identify in terms of your race and your ethnicity? Yeah, um, my name is Stephanie. I've nice been a close. part of CA students since um, the nursery that area so a long time I am half Korean half white and um, when I was thinking about where in scripture I think Jesus particularly like targets racism and how he does not stand for that my family has been reading Romans and there's this one part where he's talking about Jews versus the Gentiles and he makes it so clear that in his mind, there is no difference who can be saved from that. Wow. There is chance for salvation for both, and he said he doesn't care. He doesn't care like what your background is. And back then, it was more of a religion nice thing close, nice than um, a racial thing. But I think that is so applicable today. And I think that honestly, like that kind of thing happened, so that now we can look at that and take that as like an example of how we're supposed to act now. And I don't think he would stand for at all. I think he would hate the division and, like, the hatred and the injustice happening right now. And I, I really, yeah, I just feel like his heart, I can feel it when I, like, look at this and mm -hmm. how against so it he is. Yeah. 
Sarah and Sarah, I'd love for you guys to share, but CA students live as family, we want this to be a whole discussion, not just us. So where in scripture would, would you put in the chats and Instagram and YouTube, where in scripture do you see God's heart that's anti-racist, that's for justice? Put them in the chats as we listen to. Sarah, would you introduce yourself, Sarah? Hi, guys. Nice I'm Sarah Khan. This, I'm Khan. That's Enriquez. It's going to get confusing at some point. But I'm Sarah Khan. Um, I identify as black, so African-American, and German, so half white, so I'm biracial. And um, I've been a C student since late sixth grade, so it's been not as long as Stephanie, but I've been here a good while. And um, I feel like I was reminded of Genesis 3.20 when it just talks that Eve is the mother of all mankind. Mm -hmm. And through that, it means everyone is our brother or sister. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is just such an injustice and none of our parents, our moms or dads would not stand for something like this to happen among our siblings. And I feel like it should be looked at the same way because God is our father and he loves each and every one of us. And there's no like doubt in my mind that he thinks this is okay. There's no right. point where he says, yes, I totally stand for this injustice because he loves each and every one of us, yeah. no matter how pigmented our skin is or how dark we appear. And I just feel like God so has a heart for equality. And he never says in the scriptures, oh, if your skin is slightly darker, I don't think you deserve the same rights. God loves each and every one of us so, so much and so deeply. And he wants us to love others that way too, as it is the greatest commandment that he gives us. And he so deeply desires us to love one another. So amazing. Just before you go, Sarah, maybe you guys can look at the, uh, Christopher, if you want to look at the YouTube as well. I'm seeing um, Loy Hale. Uh, sent a verse that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Yeah. Noel put Revelation 7, 9, behold, a great, at the end of the story, behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, all tribes, peoples, and languages standing before the throne. You guys seen anything you'd like to comment on? That's good right there. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of encouragement right now. I'm seeing a lot of Go ahead. boosting Sh right shout now. Shout it out. Um, wow, what a good word. Love between siblings is God's heart for all mankind. From Kayla Walker. Come on, what a wog. <laughs> <laughs> so good. There's one from Ephesians 2, 14 through 18, so I'm going to look that up really quickly. Um, uh, for he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace, and reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, but by it having put to death the enmity. Yeah, yeah that's good. That one was from uh, Claire, Claire Colley. Sarah, would you mind sharing, where, where does it, do you find it in the heart of God in his word regarding this topic? Yeah, I'm Sarah. <laughs> nice and close. <laughs> I have been going to CA since I was in kindergarten. Um, and I think I'm just reminded of the parable of the Good Samaritan and how Jesus describes that when someone was on the side of the road beaten and in need of help, it was a Samaritan that reached out mm. and loved on this person and during that time Samaritans and Jews had division between them and there was prejudice but through this parable Jesus highlights that uh, you are a good neighbor to someone if they are in need and it doesn't matter what gender, race, age, re like religion they yeah. are and that 
just through this parable, we see um, the Samaritan being a good neighbor to the Jew mm. d- despite any um, hatred or division. Yes. Tyler, you said Micah 6.8, he has told you, what is good and what does the Lord require but to love justice, sorry, to do justice, <laughs> wow, <laughs> to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. The scriptures are just flowing in right now. I love that we're a community that loves the word of God. And can I just, I, the way that I read scripture has been just getting rocked lately mm-hmm. um, in a good way. I love scripture more than ever. I love Jesus more than ever. But I'm realizing how much the story of scripture is not just about how do I get to go to heaven when I die, just this individual salvation, but it's the redemption and restoration of all of creation. Mm-hmm. And that includes barriers like that, that, that sin has produced mm-hmm. um, and perverted good things like, like, our, like the color of our skin is good. God loves, he made us, right? He loves how he made us. He loves the different Amen. colors of our skin. But our world would want to divide. And yeah. the whole story of the scripture and, and even the emphasis of the Old, Old Testament, New Testament, that God is longing for a united family. Mm-hmm. That when Paul is preaching against the works of the law, he's not just preaching against salvation through effort. He's, he's saying, guys, Jews and Gentiles, you can be together. Mm-hmm. We, can, we must be together. This is God's heart. Christopher, you were talking about the, the Trinity. Three distinct people in one. This is so core to everything. I don't know. (laughs) So I feel like there's so much in Scripture. This is just boom. Um, Yeah, I just love all, I mean, I'm just amazed by our family right now, just bringing in the Scripture. Uh, I want to ask all of us, um, and I want to ask my sisters in Christ and my brother in Christ, really this question right now, in light of all that has just happened, um, and some of the recent events, uh, the murder of Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, that has sparked um, an exposure of the uh, explicit racism that still exists in our world. Um, I just want to hear from my sisters in Christ and um, from my family, how are you feeling? And uh, if we can get that slide up, I just want to have a little uh, help to be able to figure out what exactly we're feeling. And so if the YouTube and the Instagram, you could put up that slide. I'd love for us to just comment in the YouTube and the Instagram. What are you feeling right now in light of all, as a, especially as a student, but all of us, what are you feeling? And so Sarah Khan, can I just start with you and just ask Sarah my sister in Christ, and my sister in Christ who's black. How are you feeling right now in light of all that is happening and transpired? Yeah, um, it was definitely a lot of emotions. Like when I first woke up that morning and I saw like online, like the video circulating and social media, it was a definite mix of emotions. But I feel like the biggest things where I was sad, I was so disappointed that I felt like we had made so much progress at a nation to just come to a point where that was still a thing. Mm. And I do have an African-American dad, and I feel like I was aware of the fact that, yes, racism still exists. It's not like we're all completely united and everything is perfect as it should be. But I didn't think that it had come to that point where it was like that blatant, like, 
just mistreatment. And it was so not what God would have wanted for us. And I was just really disappointed to see that like so much hadn't changed where I thought that we'd come to a point where everyone was accepting. And it was just, it hit me really hard to realize that we were still in such a broken place. And I was just like, God, like, what? Like, it's 2020. Like, how is this still something that can just happen? And it just, it hit me really hard and it rocked my world for a couple days, for sure. Yeah, makes total sense. I'm looking in, just seeing some, and I'd love for you guys to comment what you're seeing um, on the YouTube and the Instagram. It hasn't updated for me yet. Um, <laughs> I still see the, sa the same last thing I saw. You guys want to comment what you're seeing? Abby Garibay said, I'm feeling a bit confused, ashamed, disgusted, mm -hmm. guilty, and tearful. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Tyler Yule says, feeling angry. Mm -hmm. Nikki Gale, one of my black sisters, feeling deprived. Mm -hmm. Wow. Sad, irritated. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing some distraught in here, distraught in the chat. And vulnerable. I think that's a good word. Mm. Nikki shared that. It's because it's real. <laughs> like to be able to ha answer the questions that people are asking. You know, I'm just thinking as you know, as a black man. In order to do that, I have to become vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, and there's times where that doesn't feel safe, and there's times where uh, it just feels really raw. And what you what needs to happen in the in that moment. Um, but so just an encouragement to be kind with that, uh, even as I'm, uh, I feel like I keep saying things that I didn't think I was going to talk about. <laughs> so this Please. is really interesting. But uh, just manage your heart when you're asking those questions. Mm -hmm. um, it's good because we need to be able to talk. We need to have these yeah. conversations for sure. But um, are you asking that question so that you'll feel better? Or are you asking that question because you're genuinely trying to find out what's happening. Um, so I just want to, to put that out there because it can, it can feel burdensome sometimes when you keep getting asked the question. So it's difficult. It's, it's a weird thing to say. Like people like, oh, I want to know how you feel. I, know that, I want you to know that I'm standing with you. And I, and I receive that and I get that. There's a part also like, just give me a minute um, too. So it's kind of both of those things. So thank you for who's reached out, but also know sometimes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, one of my sisters in Christ, just anybody who'd want to, I feel led to ask this question of, and you guys can respond in the chat too, as a family, with these things that we're feeling, a range of emotions, and sisters, I'm asking you right now, what do what do we do with them? And, and what do we, it, and I'm not even saying we need to do something about them, but like, at, especially as followers of Jesus, we're feeling these things. What is a response that we, what do we do with what we're feeling, especially knowing that we have Jesus? I mean, what, what would you say to all of us feeling this range of emotions that y you guys are seeing? What do, we, what do we do, especially as followers of Christ? Honestly, I think I'm the type of person when I feel too much, I can tend to cut that off and I'll just go numb and like not let myself feel that because I feel 
disappointed that I feel that I just feel too much for me to process, especially in this season of isolation. And it's you can feel like you have no one to process with. And mm. I think the most important thing is just to name them wow. and not be ashamed to name them. And then so also good. to bring that to Jesus and not necessarily for him to take it away, mm. but just to sit in that with him and be like, I'm feeling this, like I'm angry, Lord, but that's okay. And mm -hmm. not to feel like you need to change how you feel, I think. And mm. just to, yeah, just to really sit in that and, like, why am I angry? Why am I ashamed? Yeah. That's good. That's good, Stephanie. I think just something to add to that is that God's not afraid of our honesty. Yeah. And he's not afraid of what we're feeling. And we can just be completely real with yeah. our father because he wants to to grieve with us. He wants to be angry with us. Yeah. All these emotions that we might be feeling is that it's important to remember that God's not God's not afraid of that. He's not afraid of that honesty. Mm. Yeah, just to piggyback off of both of them, I feel like God is God allows us to grieve, first of yes. all. It's not like God is looking at you and being like, why are you like upset? Like, yeah. why are you mad? Like, I'm here. You shouldn't be feeling these things. <laughs> Never. God is so understanding and yes. compassionate. And the thing is, God allows us to sit in that, but he also doesn't force us to dwell in it. God doesn't hold us back from moving on. God doesn't hold us back from giving us his burdens, but he also doesn't rush us. Like God has that perfect understanding that a father would of just like, yeah, I get that. You need time. Like sit in that, talk to me like I'm here. But he also has that time of like, it's okay. Like you can move on. You don't have to let this hold you back. Yeah. Like you can proceed. And I feel like that's so important because I feel like so often in the world, it's like if something bad happens to you, like you're done. Like you just have to sit in that. You have to let that be bad and you have to sit in that suffering. But God's like, no, if you're ready, come to me and I can help you like grow out of this and I can help use your suffering and your pain and I can help you like grow that into what it could be, what the stories it can tell and what it can turn into. Yeah, I think that's good to remember that uh, to be to accept the pace that you're going. Like, the, if you are still in that place and you're still grieving it, then still be there and grieve it. And, and it's true. If we don't, we miss out on something because Scripture tells us that blessed are those who mourn because they will be comforted. So if you don't mourn, how are you expecting to get comforted? Wow. So you need to be able to sit in that space and actually do that. But also, if you're... if if you're moving into another place and other people are still feeling really, really down, that's okay too. Like, don't knock yourself like, oh, I guess I should be feeling as bad as they're feeling. Mm. Like, so it's this, it, it's, it's different for each person uh, and allow yourself to be at the pace that you're doing, but be open to what the Lord is doing in the midst of that. Mm -hmm. So that way you're not trying to rush past it and you're not wallowing in it. It's always a balance with the Lord. There's always, there's, there's always this balance thing. Mm. Yeah. I found for me, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on this, but I found for me, I think, S Stephanie, what you said about naming what you're feeling mm. is a great place to start and understanding, if you can, putting a name to it. Mm. And I know for me personally, talking about it with someone has been helpful for me. Um, but I'm hearing you say, Christopher, that also sometimes I just need a minute. I don't want to have to explain or share, and I just think that's so right on as well, and I, I hear that. Thanks for sharing that with me. Mm -hmm. and, and yet, I also just wanted to offer, for me, I find processing with someone else once I've named it can be helpful. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. 
I just think that like Heather Yule saying she writes down a list of everything she's feeling and then pictures herself giving the list to Jesus. Wow. I just thought that was so powerful. That's awesome. Mm. I'm curious. Uh, I don't know if we've heard, what your feelings, uh, Sarah, in the midst of all this. Have you had a chance to share that? Did I miss it? Um, I think just mine was going to be similar to all of probably what everyone else is feeling of uh, angry, frustrated, um, sad, depressed, all those emotions. And I feel like it can happen all at once, too, which is mm. overwhelming. But, yeah, just similar to what everyone else has said. Stephanie, have you been able to just kind of really say, like, can I ask you as well, what's been your experience? What are you feeling in this time? Um, uh, what would you kind of share with us? Um, I was actually talking with my brother about this yesterday, and I honestly felt such like a turmoil mix of emotion. It was like so, so difficult to pick them out, but I think some of that comes from being a part of the white community and being a part of the Asian community and not really being sure how to feel about that, you know? Because from my white side, I kind of feel responsible and like ashamed and like, I, you know, there's white privilege on that side, but then my Asian side, I feel like the solidarity as like a person of color in America and just how sometimes the Asian community can add to that by being like the quote unquote model minority. And I, I just, yeah, I felt so much, and honestly, it was just a little overwhelming to try and pick apart at that time. But I think naming that with him and naming that being multiracial possibly added to some of that confusion mm. was really like clarity bringing for me. And I think that's also good to like think about, and yeah, how that can play into it. Can I ask just a, a vulnerable question as a as a white brother, like um, as my sisters of color and uh, my brother of color, you know, when you're telling of your experience and the, some of the pain that you experienced, and Stephanie, thanks for sharing vulnerably, um, even some of that confusion um, and ambiguity, you know, right. is just me saying, I'm so sorry that you're feeling that and that you've experienced that. Mm. Is that helpful? Is that a good thing to say for me as as uh, a, a white man, a white person who is, does have more privilege and d can't understand your experience? Is it helpful for me to say, I'm so sorry for what you're experiencing? I would just say that I can't speak, you know, on behalf of all minorities, but it's, I think, almost based on the individual for me. I think that is um, a response that would be comforting, um, especially with something as vulnerable as sharing like part of your experience or your story. But for me, I think that's that would be a great response. Um, I agree. I think that I think it does depend on the situation and kind of where that's coming from, and it depends on every individual. Even sometimes on the mood, like if you're in the mood to talk about <laughs> it, if you're not. But I think yes. that generally love 
is an action, like how we're taught in the Bible. And I feel like saying you're sorry, it, it's meaningful, but at the same time, if someone apologizes and then goes on, just like keeps doing as they're doing yeah. and not seeking to better understand or to educate themselves on like what's truly going on, like what he was saying earlier about like willful ignorance, yeah. if they're apologizing and they seem like they're coming from this genuine place, but then they go on and continue to be willfully ignorant, I feel like that takes away the meaning for me personally. Yeah. Because when they say I'm sorry, to me it sounds like I'm sorry, I'm going to seek to understand, and I'm trying to help. But that just might be my personal I hear that. Thing. Thank you. Mm. Stephanie, would you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, people sometimes use I'm sorry as like their ticket out, and they're like, oh, I've done my part. Here's my pity. Mm. I'm going now. Like They don't do anything to, um, <laughs> to then help or they won't like help you on that journey either. So I think that's just like a way for them to feel better. And then it's unfortunate because when people truly are sorry, it, it lessens the deepness of that apology because you've heard it so many times. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't think I've even personally heard it that many times because people in my community have not been hurt like this. But I think if I were in someone else's shoes, it could feel a little bit less meaningful mm -hmm. if I've heard it so many times and had no see no like follow up with that thank you yeah i mean that's the different you articulated it very well uh i'm sitting here trying to like i don't know how to respond to that but thank you for mm -hmm. just your sharing helps me to see yeah that's kind of what it's like it's you like the boy who cried wolf kind of thing you know mm -hmm. yeah. so you just heard it so many times you're like okay is that just the thing that you say now yeah. like well, thank you. I mean, it's the difficulty. Uh, maybe it's a part of the, is the difficulty of the English language. Like, what else do we say? Yeah. Uh, and so, so I recognize the diffi the challenge that comes with you wanting to express your actual remorse mm -hmm. um, for what's happening, um, because I think that's I've you know talked to some you know of my you know brothers and sisters of European descent who have an issue with this topic uh, feeling like are you blaming me for all the stuff that's happened to um, to all black people just because I'm not black kind of thing so that th thought gets out there and so this idea of I'm sorry makes them think that uh, that I'm blaming them as a person that I'm blaming they're even blaming their you know quote unquote race as you know as a whole or whatever but saying you're sorry, um, you can be sorry for something happening without you being the one who actually did that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, like when I hear about someone who had a loss, oh, I'm sorry, like, well, like, you didn't do that to me. It's like, oh, I know I didn't do that to you, but I also know that this is an awful thing, and I'm sorry for how you're feeling in the midst of that. So just wanting to put that out there, that that's real, but at the, at the same time, yeah, the, there are systemic things that are happening that maybe uh, there's contribution to those things that you didn't realize, whether it be because, again, your ignorance uh, of it being a, a, a real thing, uh, you know, ignorance is an unawareness of the real thing or, or something else. So um, then it comes to the place of, well, what research are you doing? So I had a friend who was very dear, Stephanie's mom, actually, who's helpful with me seeing that. It's like there's, there's legwork that can be done. You know, there are resources that you can look into, books that you can read, websites that you can go on to that have been discussing this topic and the yes. kind of greater ramification, like the, the larger picture of this topic. And uh, if, if 
I am, I'm your friend, so you're talking to me, and I appreciate you talking to me. But if that is the only thing that you're doing, so that way, oh, I talk to you. Hey, I like him, so I talk to him. So, okay, that's good. I, I did the thing I'm supposed to do. Or is it I'm talking to him uh, because now I've done the thing, and so I've I've talked to my friend of color, and things are okay. <clears throat> if that's if all I am is you using, you know, that me to get yourself to feel better, then then that's, I have a hard time, but of course I can't know that intentionally, so that's why I'm saying, hey, how about you look some stuff up and find out, oh, this is a bigger problem, then, mm -hmm. oh, maybe there's something I can do about that larger problem, too, so. That's anyway. really good. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on that um, with maybe having conversations about that. I don't want, like, your education to become my burden, and from yeah. personal experience, yeah. I almost feel that yeah. if, you are talking to me. I would love to have a discussion about this, but it's also weary, wearisome, yes. and yes, it's I can almost feel like I'm carrying a weight if I have to educate you on this yes. and be the person to do that for you. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it could be a, a good moment just to make sure uh, what Sarah was heard um, to my white brothers and sisters um, as a white brother and leader, it's my responsibility, it's our responsibility as white brothers and sisters to educate ourselves, to learn. It's not, we don't, what Sarah's saying is sometimes it can, f it, it's wearisome for them to, re to my brothers and sisters of color to recount and explain over and over their pain and the, the, the systemic pain and, and those things. And so we as white brothers and sisters, we need to take responsibility and educate ourselves, mm. learn. I'm not, I, I don't think it's, please correct me if I'm wrong. It's not like you can never ask a question right. to your brothers and sisters of color, but it's taking responsibility, learning and, and going for it. I just wanna really quick, um, CA did some awesome workshops. Stephanie's mom and dad, Dad, Doug and Sandy Schaub, shout out, love you so much. They helped lead and Sarah Dornboss led. Christopher, you were part of it. Uh, an amazing series of talks called Undivided this summer and they're all on CA's website. Amazing resource, you could start there. Just go to the website, CA's website, go to resources, the tab resources, scroll down, Undivided, boom, that could be a great place to start. Yeah, I have something uh, to continue to say on that. So. Um, I recognize the difficulty of not knowing, well, can I ask or can I not ask? Mm -hmm. And so, cause that's one of the, like, I've had a lot of people ask me because they, we have a good relationship. So they're, you know, they talk to me and so I'll talk to them about stuff. Um, and so there, there's this place of like, I don't know if I'm allowed to or not allowed to. It's one of the advantages that we have of being believers mm -hmm. is that we actually have the spirit of the Lord who can give us discernment on how about asking if you should ask that question? Mm -hmm. If you spend that time with the Lord and be like, Lord, is this the right time for me to ask this question? Lord, how is it that I'm supposed to respond? Because a lot of times folks will just be responding out of their own emotions. It's just a quick like, oh, I feel this. I feel bad. Let me do something. Mm -hmm. And so uh, our response is, you know, the wisdom of man is, you know, it's not as good as the wisdom of the Lord. Um, the way that seems right to a man, it can lead to death. And so whether that's someone feeling like they're dying a little bit more inside as they're having these questions still asked of them, 
But the wisdom of the Lord, it's peaceable, it's willing to, to reason, it's, will, it's willing to yield, it reasons. Like this is the, that's where the wisdom that we want in the midst of this. So take time to pray about you asking a question. I feel like that's a, a great place that we can be in. And that could be helpful to take that burden off of, of people so then um, the timing can be more right. With the um, time we have left, um, I'd love to, for us to just keep talking about, um, and I'd just love to ask you, my sisters in Christ and my brother in Christ, um, you've shared some about what you're feeling, and I would just love to hear, and San Enriquez, maybe I can start with you. We've kind of touched on it, but I'd love to ask, um, how does you being a follower of Jesus impact how you're processing and responding uh, to this moment right now? Yeah, I think that that's something I've noticed is how differently I'm processing all this and responding to this because I am a follower of Christ. Um, and something I've been able to recognize is that while there are some similarities, others, like maybe on social media um, or just my friends who are not followers of Christ, others are fighting for worldly justice while I'm fighting for God's justice. That's good. And that's a huge difference in this. Um, so just being a Christ follower right now is um, praying praying for my own heart, for God to search me and point out any wow. areas of unknown prejudice or mm. anything like that, and also praying for the nation and for hearts to be turned towards, towards Jesus. Um, and that's just one difference I've been able um, to recognize in this time. While, um, thank you, Sarah. While Sarah Khan answers, I'd, I'd love... If you have some questions or something you'd like us to uh, talk about together, would you just put them in the, in the chat? If you have questions that you'd like us to talk about um, as a family, with you included, would you just put them in the chat? Sarah, would you respond to how, how does being a follower of Jesus impact how you're processing? Yeah, um, I feel like the first two days after George Floyd tragically died, I kind of just sat in being mad and I kind of sat in being sad and I was like God how am I supposed to do this like what what do you want from me what is how am I supposed to react because I feel like a lot of my other friends of color who aren't followers were just mad and they were like this is terrible and they were just like getting angry at other people and I'm like but no like it's not it's not individual's fault like not every individual I know is to blame for this and I was like and I don't see God wanting me to yell at a bunch of people because of this and I was it was really hard for a while I was kind of just like wow I have no idea what to do but then I kind of felt like this pressure to like inform and to seek truth hmm. because God isn't one of ignorance he is one of truth and he wants people to seek truth and I feel like that's why I was so encouraged to not just like look at what comes to me, but to actually seek actively the truth mm. and what others had to say. And after that, God was like, okay, I've given you this information and now I want you to tell other people. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like a burden on my heart to like have those hard conversations for those who felt like they couldn't yet. And I think through that, I've been able to enter into so many conversations with people I might disagree with or people who might not fully understand me yet. And I think that through that, I was able to kind of 
better understand how I was feeling and to talk out my issues while being able to partially educate someone else and being yeah. like, well, hey, this is what I think would be good for you to look into or this is something that I don't think you might not be fully understanding and have them be like, whoa, I get it now and I can kind yeah. of see where you're coming from. And I think that God just so wants us to know the truth and he doesn't want us to just see what's going on and shut down. He wants us to seek answers, whether that's in him or whether that's just informing us on what's happening and then seeking him. I just so believe that God wants us to seek information. So that's kind of how I felt that I've been called. Thank you so much. Yeah, we've got some questions coming in. Please keep coming in with some questions. But uh, Stephanie, would you mind sharing how being a follower of Jesus is impacting you? In this yeah, time? I think definitely one difference is I feel like the justice that we're looking for is not a vengeful justice, mm. but one that's rooted in scripture and his truth. And I think another way that being a follower of Jesus has really changed this for me is I think it, when you burn out, from coming from your own strength and your own passion, you can go sit in the scripture and you can remember why you're fighting for this and why you care so much. And you can see mm -hmm. that right there is written, we fight for justice, he's calling us to this. And you don't have to just rely on your own strength for this, but you can call God and you can have a holy strength, a, a uh, I forget the word, oh yeah, holy strength. <laughs> and it's just, it's beyond yourself even, it's, for him, and it's not just for a worldly thing, yeah. Mm. Yeah, do you see any questions on there, Christopher? Any, any of us see any questions we wanna tackle? I see Everett, and he's asking, does it offend people if um, a, a person who's not black, or a white person in this case, goes to a protest, or is that comforting? Um, personally, I think that it shouldn't be divided. I don't think it should be like, black people can go to protests and it's offensive if anybody else does because this is an issue that we need to be united on. And as like one body of Christ, we're called to work together and we need the whole body to participate. Like you can't be a functioning body if like half your body just decides to not work anymore. Like we need to work together on this and I think unity is so, so important. But do you guys have? I would say I think one thing on that is if you were to go to a protest to go with again like that spirit of humility and you're there to support your brothers and sisters because you are not the one who's gone through this injustice although you are sitting with them in, the, in that and with them but you don't want to be the one like rah rah like in the front I think you want to be there supporting them and really loving on them mm. and yeah I think just go with a mindset of like you're in their um their in their experience now like you're on the front like this is what they've been dealing for for like years hundreds of years and you're new to this especially then that is so important to be aware that you're new but yeah I think that's so amazing to be out there standing with your brothers and sisters and protesting against that wow thank you guys for sh sharing that um I just want to say Alex Jimenez said talk about how racism might be within the church people and um, I just want to say that, yes, <laughs> yes, that um, racism is within people in the church, too, because people in the, in the church are sinners and, and need Jesus. But I especially, not just that, I, I think that 
some of our focus uh, in some parts of the church have been very focused on individual piety and um, individual salvation, and we've neglected the scriptural emphasis of justice and of unity, of breaking down walls, and I want to say I'm guilty of that too, and I want to repent and say that I'm sorry. And I want to um, not be a part of this horror um, continuing in our nation. Um, And I want to be committed to not neglecting um, God's heart for justice and for, um, for that to be manifest on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm sorry. Please forgive me, and I pray that the Spirit will give me strength to follow him where he would lead me. I'm confident he will give you (laughs) (laughs) the strength because I know him, and yeah, so I'm I'm sure of that. But I appreciate your just even desire to to express that. Uh, I I think it touches on something which is challenging. So we've said some terms that I think... Uh, are hard for some people to really get. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the systemic racism thing. Uh, a couple times the white privilege was brought up. So th- those terms can be really polarizing for a lot of people. Uh, I think if you really don't understand what those words actually are talking about, mm-hmm. that's when it becomes particularly difficult. Um, and so there's a, a, a podcast that Sarah Dornbos turned me on to uh, called Scene on Radio. That's seen as an S-C-E-N-E uh, on radio, like a movie scene on radio. Uh, in season two, episodes two and three, I think are really important. I think one through four are, re- are really good. Not everything on there is necessarily like, because it's not coming from a biblical framework or, or anything, so just be aware of that. What's the podcast called? Scene on Radio, S-C-E-N-E, Scene. S-E-E. Like like a like a a movie scene uh, like a, a a scene that's out there S C E N okay S C yeah S C E F C so season two episodes one through four but two and three in particular they talk about this the idea of whiteness um, because it, I'm doing my best to control my language because. I try not to use even white as a, as a term to describe my brothers and sisters of European descent. That's what I try and use instead is European descent. Because if you look at it, um, if you look at some of the history, the, that idea of white is, was not actually, you don't, you, we have different pigmentations. Uh, people have different phenotypes of what they, what they present to the world. But as we know, we're all one race because we can procreate and therefore you know, propagate the race. So there, so there's really only one as far as that's concerned. But there are different ethnicities and there's different places where people have come from. But um, it, I'll, I'll just say this little, this little thing, which maybe it'll, it'll tease you enough to go take a listen to these podcasts. The, did you know that there was a time when Irish people were not considered white? So it's not just about this color of skin thing. There's something else. There's something larger that happened there. These, you know, as we know, Irish folks tend to be very fair of skin, uh, and yet they were not classified under that, that term of white. So I think doing a little investigation to find out that the idea of whiteness, that's just, this is why we talk about white privilege and everything, that it's something that was constructed in that way. So take a look. Uh, find out for yourself some information, and then you can come back and, and uh, go from there.
Do you have um, something you want to say, Sarah? Michaela had a question, actually, that I think is really good. Um, how do we glorify God when we post on social media, like, in relation to all that's going on? I think that this is probably what I've been struggling with the most, despite figuring out how I feel and all that, because mm. I feel like, like I said, I feel I felt a burden to inform, but it's hard because not everyone has the same opinion. So it's like staying bipartisan and just staying to the facts and what's in that is very important. So I would just say being kind and respectful in all that you post and being considerate and expressing love like a lot of people have been saying, even if you disagree with me, I still love you. And I like. I hope we can have those discussions. So I just, staying open, I think, is probably the biggest thing. That's good. I also just wanted to add, um, maybe for posting on social media, ask a few questions um, with your intention. Am I posting this just because everyone else is doing it? Mm. Um, am I posting this so I can check off that box that I said something? Um, what's your intention in that? And also, does it align with the world's view of justice or with mm. God's view of justice? And that's just a few questions I would ask before posting something. That's good. Mm. Yeah. So good. Uh, I just wish we had an hour <laughs> to talk. Um, mm. What are you sensing? What are you guys sensing for wrapping up? Just a couple of questions that came through that I, I don't know how to address them well, but I'm going to try to at least bring them up. So some, uh, I saw a comment that's talking about, is it okay to, to blame an entire race of people for something? Also questions re regarding the, um, like, th with what's happening, there's the protests that are happening, there's so much that's peaceful, but then there's looting and stuff involved, and how come no one's speaking to that? Well, I, I think people are actually speaking to that. Uh, I've seen people speaking to that. It's, uh, you know, again, it's there's this place, it's starting from this rawness of emotion and desire to just get it out in some way. So uh, there's that, but it's true that we can be angry and not sin. So it's destroying property. I mean, it's not your own. So we know that that sh shouldn't be the case. You're supposed to love others as you love yourself, right? And so that includes, you wouldn't want someone doing that kind of stuff to yourself to uh, doing that to your, your own stuff. So, uh, so just to put that out there, I don't think anyone's saying that looting is good, um, but uh, there's an understanding of the amount, the depth of emotion and the pain that's coming out and, and uh, so destruction that comes out of that for, for good or for ill. Also, what I've said at the beginning of the, of the talk um, is this idea that people who are commandeering, who are opportunistic, and so coming in and doing those kinds of things in the midst of these these areas that don't have anything to do with uh, the with the movement. Uh, so just being aware that not everything that's happening is because of that. So I just wanted to bring those those things up that people are talking about those things that uh, we understand. We're believers. We know that we're to treat uh, you know Matthew seven twelve right. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's scripture. That's what we want to do. Uh, so we we recognize that. that that's uh, a reality. Well, we are so close to being out of time, and so I guess I just wanted to ask my sisters in Christ as well, is there anything else you'd like to say briefly um, before we wrap up this time and pray together? And I want to say that, you know, there are more questions that we, wanna, we would love to answer. April Stouffer had an amazing question. Maybe Aiden, can you copy and paste that in the chat so we can... I, we can uh, hear from our brothers and sisters on that and others. Um, 
This is the beginning, uh, and we want to continue this conversation um, as a CA students and 678 family. But anything else you guys want to say as we close down tonight? I just say because the panel's over, it doesn't mean the conversation has to be over. Amen. Like, our leaders, our pastors are so passionate about this. And for me personally, I know you could reach out to me and DM me and ask me questions because I'm, I'm open to that and I'm ready for that, at least I think. And no matter how you're feeling, how, like, big those emotions might feel, I promise you, if you bring it to God, he can show you how to deal with it. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful of coming to God with that because I promise he can he can handle it yeah I also just want to say like even among students like let's start this conversation with our friends like let's make this like take away the taboo like I don't know why mm. I feel like there's almost like a oh let's oh it's touchy like let's not talk about that but I really just want to like try and open this up and like let's talk about it like you have questions you're confused like you don't know where to start like we can help like you have friends who are here who have experience with it. Like, let's, yeah, let's, let's just talk about it because it's not, it's not as scary once you start talking about it, I mm. think. Yeah, your friends love you enough to, have, to talk with you, to have the discussion with you. So, so start there. Start in that comfortable place where you know they already love you. You know they know your heart. So begin in that place and then be honest from there. Anything else, Sarah Enriquez, if we as we close out? Yeah, I just agree with everyone else, and I think that it's so important uh, for the church to be, you know, demonstrating in this time how we can have um, conversations full of grace and truth mm -hmm. and not of criticizing each other and coming from a place of division, but I really would hope that this these conversations would continue and bring more unity to the church. Um, I just say amen, and I just want to say thank you, and thank you, CA students and 678 family, for participating in this conversation. Let's keep the conversation going. Um, let's keep listening. Let's keep remembering. Our, Christopher, I felt you yeah, had such a good word on we can be different as we engage this because we have the Holy Spirit, and we have Jesus. So we get to be different and how we do this. And uh, to that, I just was wondering, would one of you guys mind praying for us to close us down? Come on. Come on. I'll go. Okay. <laughs> um, Heavenly Father, I pray that you can just be with us as we leave, God, that you'll prepare our hearts for further conversation. I pray that just whatever message you have for us, God, whether it's answers, whether it's guidance, whether it's releasing our burdens, whether it's clarification on how we feel, God, I pray that we can just all leave satisfied, God, that we can leave feeling that we've grown, God, that we feel that we've grown in comfort, God, and that we have a deeper understanding. And I just pray for our broken world right now, God, just that you can come and you can just bring justice, God, and that we can have a deeper understanding of what you want for our world, God. I pray that we grow closer as a community, even as we're separate, and just as we have these conversations, that they can be positive and filled with love and respect. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.